Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first and hopefully last edition of Rachel's Quarantine Corner. Ah. Yeah! <laughs> Starring my host. I'm Rachel. Okay. <laughs> That's good. We've still got that hammered down perfectly. Good job, sweetness. Um, so, uh, because we've been forbidden from potting in the same room as each other, um, I'm now just going to have to pot with my wife. It's basically the same as Dan Enden, except she gives everything a nine. So this is going to be way easier for me. Um, we're down here in the uh, now dusty Movie Blues uh, podcast studio um, in Philadelphia. And uh, neither of us has work. Neither of us uh, really has many obligations right now. Rachel's doing a little at-home work. Do you want to talk about uh, what you're doing for your work uh, in about two sentences? Uh, sure. I'm doing virtual teaching of for children with autism. Okay, so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you are autistic, feel free to call Rachel Hillary Lyons. Uh, her number is 914 <laughs> um, And she will be offering free advice, uh, such as this morning I watched her do the monkey song with one of her clients for a long time. Rach, you want to sing any of the monkey song for our listeners? <laughs> Five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off and bumped his head. Mm. The mama called the doctor and the doctor said, mm -hmm. no more monkeys jumping on the bed. I, th I, thought, I feel like that's a famous song though, right? That wasn't the song from the video. Um, it, it was a remix. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so today, uh, actually, we're... can you cut that out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because asking for things to be cut out please, always please works. Always works. If Dan Enden can, uh, admit his worst crimes and fears on this podcast, you can sing the goddamn monkey song, okay? You, you gotta be at least up to his level. Freaking now That's you're the co-host. That's a cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least you haven't told us to wrap it up yet. We're only two minutes in, so usually we haven't hit that point. But um, today we're going to do a couple fun things. Uh, the Oh, you, she just scrunched her nose and said no. What, no, what do you mean? We're not going to do fun things? No, I did Was not. that an allergy tickle? What no, was that face? No, it was like a the basement kind of smells face. Oh, okay, great. Thanks for letting our audience, who would never have known that it smells weird down here, now they know it does. So, you know, now not picturing... always, I just got a whiff of... Um, carpet. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do some fun things today besides whiffing old carpet. Um, the first thing we're going to do is um, uh, talk about the quarantine. We're going to talk about a couple things uh, that have been happening because of the quarantine. And then our co-host Dan Enden has sent me a, uh, a bloodied a piece of his journal uh, that he mailed me um, in, written on a scrawl um, and I'm going to read that out for everybody so they know how our uh, co-host Dan Enden is doing in his quarantine. Um, but first we're going to talk about ours. Um, I know that I have the next few weeks off uh, according to um, my company. We're going to be off for the foreseeable future until maybe three weeks from now. Uh, Rach, are you off almost until the summer now, right? Uh, likely um, all the way through June, yes, but right now it's guaranteed like five more weeks. So the long story short is that we have to be at home a lot. And uh, Well, let me just start by saying, oh, here we, go. we start off every morning by saying, like, welcome to paradise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan and I are pretty much living the dream. This is my best life. <laughs> I, not Rachel, really. She's feeling a lot of pressure to go I, I outside love to socialize. and socialize, but uh, I feel no pressure. 
the only pressure I'm experiencing is from her to do those things. So, so Rachel as my best friend and my wife is now giving me double trouble. But um, uh, no, it's been wonderful for us. I'm sorry for anybody that's been really uh, had their life thrown for a loop. Uh, ours has not. We've just been smoking pot in our underpants. But uh, for everybody who has not been, uh, our our hearts go out to you um, and we want to know how everyone's doing. So on another segment of today's show, um, uh, voices from the quarantine, uh, we're going to have people call in uh, and leave me a voicemail telling me how their quarantine is going and uh, what they've been watching or what they've been seeing. Now, I haven't listened to any of these messages yet, but um, hopefully we'll have a few laughs in there and a few surprises, a few goofs, a few gaffes, etc. Um, but before we start that, um, we are going to read a prepared statement from Dan Enden, who is uh, imprisoned or something to that effect. And um, uh, then at some point, uh, maybe after the voicemails, Rachel and I are going to go through everything we've watched. And it's been a lot. And Rachel remembers very little of it. So prepare yourselves for a few more spoofs, a couple laughs here and there. Rachel, give some probably highly inflated and similar reviews to all the things that you watched. Yep. And uh, that's going to be pretty much it. Um, so yeah, uh, let's start out uh, the day hearing from somebody else uh, who isn't me for once, uh, and that's Other Dan, who I guess might as well be me at this point. But uh, I don't know if you found this out, uh, or if you heard this, Rachel. In our last episode, we found out that Dan and I are both also DSs. His middle name mm. is Steven. Wow. Which now is kind of, Dan, if you're listening to this, made me realize that all the time I've spent trying to change the blog name from DS Movie Blues to something else, I could have just, you know, not worried about it because we're two DSs. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Dan has sent me his message here. I have not read it yet, so I immediately apologize for this <laughs> without having heard any of it. Yeah. April 6, 2020, another week in self-imposed exile. <laughs> It's already very dramatic, okay? Uh, the plague continues. What once was a source of massive injustice is now my saving grace, as my obscenely disproportionate workload keeps me employed for the foreseeable future. It also means that I am essentially doing the work of four people, while the time allotted to do so has been cut, along with my salary. As such, I am now entering week three of a world characterized by nothing but alternating and varying degrees of anxiety and uncertainty. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mine has been varying degrees of which pajamas I'm going to wear, but I also am feeling very anxious. Um, I am internalizing my alienation from the outside world by alienating those still around me with wanton disregard. <laughs> Shout out, cat. <laughs> Television. Historically, a reprieve from the doldrums of daily life is now a constant, borderline, taunting reminder of the futility of it all. Visual media is no longer the outlet it has always been. There is no escapism when your brain is constantly being battered from all sides by dread in the anticipation of what's to come, mentally, when the tube shuts off. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus Christ. With that said, times such as these call for a leader, and I cannot in good conscience leave our legion of dedicated followers without guidance on how they should feel about their own little escapist excursions. As such, here are some things that I found uh, the time to consume between crises of existential dread while the other Dan hangs out at home and plays Doom. <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of Doom. Um, <clears throat> before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. 10 out of 10. This is a trilogy of movies, Rage. Um, if you need movies to watch while you're with your significant other, these are an elite level and will make you forgive both Ethan Hawke for The Purge and Richard Lankletter for Bad News Bears. 
I agree with that. If you want two characters who you care about and want to follow for decades of their lives, watch this. If you want to watch something besides two people talk for three movies, watch literally anything else. Wait, what movies are we talking about? Uh, the, these are a trilogy of movies that a very famous uh, director made where a couple, Ethan Hawke um, and... Uh, is it, is it Binoche for this one? Dan is going to fucking kill me. Um, where Ethan Hawke and, I guess, Juliette Binoche... Um, God, I'm never going to let this down if that's wrong. Um, are, uh, like, have a tumultuous kind of on-again, off-again relationship that takes place in different parts of the world. And every ten years, the director made a new one to kind of catch up with the couple. And, and, and mm. so it was an interesting way. I believe it's the same director who did Boyhood, Richard Lankladder, who did oh, follow okay. one yeah, yeah. person for 20 years. It's the same kind of idea, but with a couple. Um, they're supposed to be good movies. I, I've watched um, two of them in completion, and one was kind of half. But I, I do enjoy those movies and love Richard uh, Lankladder. Well, you know, we do have time. We don't have time. Um, <laughs> Tiger King, or whatever the fuck this was called. 10 out of 10. What a fucking nightmarish shit show to make me feel better about my life. Every single character is despicable. That is clearly not Joe singing those country songs. All right, I want to stop real quick because I think I agree with you here, Dan. Um, I don't think that that's him singing those songs. I'm really trying to like suss out the cadence of his voice when I watch no, the music videos. I, it's him. It's just like I don't auto think it's No, I don't think it's him because there's a there's a quality to the singer's voice that is so baritone, like so deep and resonant. And Joe has this voice like this, where he talks like this all the time. And that voice can't go down into that register. There's no connection there. So I think that if it is his voice, I would be surprised. And I think the fact that you haven't seen him really like do it acoustically per se is a little troubling. Um, okay. I wouldn't put it past him to hire someone to sing. And also about Tiger King, I was also watching uh, videos now I'm watching of Joe Exotic's channel uh, that he had up on YouTube, uh, which revealed all sorts of things, like that he has five husbands. There are two other guys that I'd never even heard of. There's this guy, Juan. They're just like, here's my husband. And, and the guy's not in the documentary. And um, there's also this super hot chick who works at the zoo. And she's like the resident hot chick. She walks around in like a bikini. And they never mentioned her in this documentary, but she's in all these videos. I think there's a lot we haven't seen from Tiger King. Okay. Um, and uh, just so you know, they're producing a seventh episode, or I don't know if that was the number, I think seventh episode, one final episode to air that hasn't what? been on Netflix because I think that Netflix is starting to realize that as they make these very polarizing documentaries, the subjects within are usually pretty mad about it and want to kind of rebut against that. And I think Netflix right. is kind of nipping it in the bud and they're letting these people do this ahead of time because Jeff Lowe the one criminal guy with the goatee um, said he hated the Netflix thing, but then he also said Netflix is coming tomorrow and they're filming more stuff with me. Um, so he's trying to get the story right, quote right. unquote, but uh, all these people are such liars and insane people. Anyway, as Dan was saying, um, every single character is despicable. That's clearly not Joe singing the country songs, and I dream of a life where I get to do anything half as brazen as describing the feeling of my partner's ball sack on my face to his mother at his suicide funeral. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty strong. Uh, hey, all you cool cats and kittens, take a moment to realize that this monstrosity is literally the thread holding our cultural fabric together right now. Um, oh my god. Okay, then Dan mentions, which I didn't even talk to him about, he goes, Eliza Schlesinger made a uh, sketch oh, show and wow, I do not yeah. plan on watching it. Now, Rachel and I were going to talk about this in our um, breakdown of what we've watched, but we did watch it. Um, 
I've been watching her career very closely after I saw a stand-up of hers that took place on a naval ship that was on Netflix last year that I thought was hilarious. I thought it was very funny and well-written, well-performed, and was showed a lot of promise for her. And everything I've seen her do since then is just worse and worse and worse. I mean, we I saw a stand-up, Rachel and I watched a stand-up of hers four or five months ago that was just so woke and SJW that we were literally just groaning the entire time. Um, her insight on women as a whole is very narrow. I'm kind of speaking for you here, Rachel. I think you feel this way, where she's constantly in a state of going, women are like this. And it's like, no, they're not. Like a lot of them really aren't. I mean, a very shallow point of view to say that all women are blank, all women are blank. And like half her jokes are, don't you hate it that women do this? And it's like, we just kept looking at each other like, huh? Um, and then we watched the sketch show, which was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up and say, I mean, you have shows like The Kroll Show, The Schumer Show, um, Many B-level, C-level comedians come out with sketch shows, and it, it makes their career go through the roof. I mean, Dave Chappelle wouldn't have ever been the comedian that he is without his sketch show on VH1. The sketch show is genius because it allows a comedic performer to, instead of having to shove everything into their stand-up, take their ideas and literally do whatever they want to do with it, as abstract as they want, formulated in any way that they want. And, and what she chose to do with it was just tr truly embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. It made my skin crawl to watch. It was so unfunny. Every I've never watched a sketch show where f even Mad TV, I mean, four sketches in a row, I didn't laugh. And that's not, statistically, that's difficult to make four random sketches in a row as a professional comedian and not elicit a laugh for a single one of them. It was like, you could literally hear a pin drop while you were watching it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to agree with Dan's rating here. Zero out of ten. Yeah, um, zero out of ten. Fucking sure. horrible. I can't even give it a one. It was that bad. No, it was. It was. There was no laughing. Um, how to fix a drug scandal is his next review. We have not watched this yet, but everybody keeps talking about it. I'm not really interested in it because I'm not one of those guys that likes watching narco's and like things about the drug I trade. Rach does. Rach is a huge Narcos fan. <laughs> and the time that we've been together now, like almost 10 years, it's one of the only shows she's watched without me. And I, I only got through season one, and I, <laughs> I tried to put it back on, but now I don't remember anything that happened, so I'd have to go back. It's to Rach's guilty pleasure, even though she hasn't even seen it. This um, was like, I started this project like six years ago. Anyway, Dan says about how to fix a drug scandal, all cops are bastards, and lab workers who work for prosecutors should get the gallows. Okay. Um, the next movie he reviewed was one that we were actually going to watch on the podcast together. Um, one that I was very excited about. Um, and I'm not sure what happened there. We were going to do an episode about it, and then Dan watched it and said it wasn't really worth it. Uh, that movie is The Hunt, uh, which he gave a 6 out of 10. Um, and just so everybody knows, this is a movie written by Damon Lindelof of Watchmen and Lost fame. And um, it's a uh, look at... Um, a satirical look at the left and the right in the future having to literally fight each other to the death or something or hunt each other every day. Supposedly it was a satire on the left and the right, which we were kind of both looking forward to. Dan says, um, they made a movie about gruesomely murdering conservatives and made me bored. Good fucking job, Hollywood. <laughs> Damn it. Sucks to hear because I, I thought that that was going to be the perfect one for us. Uh, I guess not. Mm. Um, Hunters. Oh no, this is disappointing too because I also was going to suggest we watch this next. But also, take in mind, Rach, Dan's opinions. I mean, what do we really think? <laughs> you tell me all the time. We'll talk about it later. Okay. You tell me all the time, though. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. The Hunt. Uh, oh, no, Hunters. Wow, that's close to The Hunt. Um, 
and it's also a 6 out of 10. I only watched half of episode 1. Great, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for doing the, the deep dive we've come to expect from you. I only watched half of episode 1, but if you have to have a show about killing Nazis and it stars Al Pacino, I'm not immediately sold or masturbating, just fuck off in general. I find it weird that you do not enjoy this considering like your favorite movie is Inglorious Bastards. I've heard so many comparisons from this to that, but maybe that's why you don't like this. Um, then Dan says, uh, watched Zach and Miri make a porno, still holds up, 8.5 out of 10. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, love that love movie. That movie. Uh, rewatching Community. Love that show. Great show. Did you watch that show, Rage? Community? So funny. Uh, holds up 10 out of 10 until season four. Then I don't care or acknowledge its existence. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think there's some, some solid ones even after Chevy Chase left and things flew off the rails. Uh, anyway, uh, Dan's final note is... Uh, I miss you all in as much as I am capable of currently feeling any feelings. I truly hope that you are all doing well and are utilizing some of this time to prepare for the psychological weight of having to vote for a pile of undercooked mashed potatoes shaped like Joe Biden in November. If there even is still a November after all of this. Heart emoji, Dan Enden. <laughs> well, Dan, thanks for calling in. Thanks, uh, Dan. Or, or writing in. I mean, I found your journal entry or however we want to play this. Um... That was uh, very eye-opening. I'm kind of disappointed in some of the ratings in there. Uh, I'm going to have to try out uh, Hunters, uh, which is about, you know, it's with Al Pacino. And I think in the 70s, they're hunting Nazis in the United States. It's supposed to be really good. But you never know, do you, Rach? You never know. Um, so uh, now we are going to move on to our next scheduled segment, Voices from the Quarantine, where we're going to hear from some of you about um, your experiences out in the field with your significant others trapped in your smelly basements with weird <laughs> carpets. Uh, we want to hear what's up with you guys. I know not everybody had uh, the time to call in, but we'll do another segment like this uh, soon enough. Wait, I just want to say our basement is really nice. Yeah, like that's what I was trying to get at. I mean, I have this really cool podcast studio going down here. It's like professional as fuck. I mean, just because the carpet is a little bit smelly. It's a full finished basement, like with a bathroom. It's really nice. <laughs> okay. It's my real estate agent, Rachel, everyone. <laughs> um, so uh, who should we start out with here? I think Harrison would be a good place to start. Um, we're going oh, to now listen to some call-in voicemails from our listeners and friends, starting with Harrison Waxenberg of Horizon Wireless and uh, Facebook fame. Hey, hey, Dan and Dan. This is Harrison Waxenberg calling. Um, Dan Lyons, you might remember me from a band at Horizon Wireless. And Dan Enden, you might remember me from a very wild night when we were drinking cognac. And well, I don't want to go into that because it's going to be public. But um, so yeah, how's my quarantine going? Um, let's put it this way: I'm bald, and I'm starting to have bad hair days. Um, been working on some music. Been trying not to. I don't know if I should say this either. I've been trying not to masturbate my penis off. Um, and that's going all right. Um, but yeah, you know, pretty much I'm excited to get out of this. I'm sure everyone is. And um, yeah, did you guys do an episode on the movie Cats yet? Because I'm waiting to see what you guys thought before I watch it. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> well, Harrison, thank you very much for calling in. Rach, you want to say anything to Harrison? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's a girl, a few words. Um, 
So uh, we are gonna uh, potentially do cats. That's kind of the episode that we keep having to push off due to this stupid like pandemic apparently that's been happening. Um, so we have to keep canceling uh, us doing cats, which I guess is okay. Feel okay having to cancel it over and over again, but at the same time, feel like people want to hear it. So we'll we'll try to do that. My my thing with cats that I'm not sure how it's gonna work out is I, like I don't know if it's gonna be the kind of movie for this podcast because i know it's going to be like the worst movie of all time but i just don't know what what kind of bad i'm looking for i mean i know that it's gonna give me nightmares for the rest of my life i just don't know what kind so <laughs> we're gonna look into that thanks for calling harrison thanks very, for calling very sweet of you uh, we love you too i should have people call in for rage i know i'm so full of myself i know it's ridiculous this is rachel's quarantine corner here I am fielding my own personal voicemails. Harrison didn't even say hi, Rachel. I know. I didn't really like tee it up like I know. that. I I, you know he would have. I know. Said you first. <laughs> um, so the next voicemail we're going to be fielding here for the day is uh, my buddy Chris from Space Bacon, who recently provided us some great music, which you've probably been listening to on this episode, uh, and his lovely girlfriend Kim um, and their dog, which I, I don't think uh, can speak English, but maybe there's a bark mm. on here. I don't know. Uh, Okay, let's see what uh, this one is. What's up, Dan? It's Chris Geronda and Kimberly Hurry. Hi. Long-time listeners, first-time callers on the pod. <laughs> um, so most, I guess, stress talk about what we've been watching recently. A lot of porn. <laughs> <laughs> most recently, before this phone call, we were watching music video, Good Charlotte music videos. Um. So in order, I'd probably say Lifetimes of the Rich and the Famous was the best. The anthem was okay. He said movies, Christopher. Little, little thing. <laughs> we also realized that the, was it Boys and Girls? I feel like if that came out, like the Charlotte, if that came out in 2020, might be, might be a little sexist. Uh, girls don't like boys. Girls like cars and money. It's very true now. I think not. <laughs> I think girls like having equal rights. Like fat dick. <laughs> uh, no, but we have been watching a lot of um, film and television. We watched we watched The Invisible Man, which was like flame. It was a good watch, but I feel like it's going to be forgettable in the long run. Just like you watch it once and then never again. I would watch it again. You would watch it again. This is my dream. Mm. None disappearing <laughs> <laughs> and then coming back to haunt you. They already do. <laughs> I did hear that that was actually supposed to be some kind of, like, uh, allegory for, like, domestic abuse, that, like, she keeps saying he's hitting me, and everyone says, no, I don't believe you. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that on the first watch. You some pizza sauce in your face or something. <laughs> I haven't eaten pizza today. <laughs> from, from days ago. <laughs> um, what else did we watch? We watched All of Love is Blind, reg did. regrettably. I did. I it. <laughs> Movies. We watched Midsummer. Uh, Ozark. Midsummer. Yeah, we watched Midsummer. I think that was my favorite. I think Midsummer was definitely my favorite too. In terms of like quality movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I thought the coolest takeaway. I don't know. I don't know if you said it or someone said it, but it's one of the few like horror films that's shot entirely during the day. You know, almost all horror films are shot at night, and this one was just shot all day. I don't know where I heard that, but and it was very colorful for like the dark. Yeah. Overtones that it had. I like it. Um, we watched Knives Out, which I really liked. I know some people didn't like it. I think 
the other Dan on the pod said he didn't like it, but I thought I thought Knives Out was pretty good. I like Knives Out. I also like Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, we Jojo watched. Jojo Rabbit was really good. I give that one definitely a definitely get me out of ten. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, the one thing about Jojo Rabbit, it's weird to like use the word cute to describe a movie about Nazis, but that's like the only word I can think of. Yeah, but it was a cute movie. <laughs> and also, except for his mom was hanging from the fucking. Yeah, that was pretty dark. Yeah. Was that Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I have a voicemail. I'm going to Google it. I think, I mean, I don't know how long Dan wants us to talk for, but I think this is, this is about it good. It says the maximum length is 30 seconds. We're at, we're at a couple minutes now. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll sign right, off. I think we're gonna go. <laughs> All right. All right. Love the pod. Let me know if you need any more beats. Peace, dude. Nice. Yes, I do need more beats, Chris. Thank you for offering. Um, that was a that was a great joy to listen to. Thank you too for calling in. Uh, lots to unpack there. Um, good Charlotte videos is a good place to start during the quarantine. Um, I. Uh, I am glad to hear that you guys watched Midsommar and enjoyed it. Um, I do recommend that you go and listen to our season one episode, A Midsummer Night's Dan, about it. Um, we go into great detail over it. I, I struggle to say that I loved it. but I it, loved it, it after was, reflecting on it. Yeah, it's a, uh, any movie that you can think about at the length of time and the distance of time that I've been able to think about that movie is it deserves to be recognized. So I, I really do love that movie. Um, uh, you guys have been watching a lot of porn. That's what's up. Um, it's a good way to, uh, spend your time together. Or I don't know if you're watching it like alone, while, but while you're quarantined together, cause I, I know you guys live in New York. Uh, and there's not a lot of fucking hiding spots and places around there. So I don't know if one of you's got a VR helmet on, <laughs> um, but props to you. Uh, and thanks for calling in and telling us about uh, your quarantine. Wait, wait. There were so many movies they mentioned. There were so many. I um, wanted to comment on. Midsommar. Um, wait, um, I'm forgetting. What else did they talk about? Dead air. Did not watch Love is Blind. Oh, well, we, 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 we started Love is Blind. Um, and I'm going to go into this into the part where we talk about stuff that we've watched. Not Love is Blind, but Rach and I are pretty much 90-day fiancé blooded. We're blooded. Like, we have the tattoos. Like, I, there's no way out. Um, there is no other reality TV show at this point um, for me. Nothing can take the cake. Uh, so I did enjoy what I saw from Love is Blind. It made me LOL. But the cringe produced by 90 Day Fiance is at a level, especially these days. I mean, they got a guy. It's long-term pain versus like Love is Blind is like quick, like pulling off a band. Love is Blind, you're watching a bunch of beautiful people fuck up once very quickly. 90 Day, you're watching a bunch of ugly people fuck their whole life up over a longer period of time. And it's wild. (laughs) I mean, it is wild. Uh, so yeah, if you guys need a little cringe watch together, uh, I, I do suggest you wear any and all protective cringe equipment, uh, <laughs> welding mask, anything that you can get to protect yourself from the dangerous radioactive cringe waves that are produced by 90 Day Fiance. Um, but it is the greatest show. I would say one of the greatest shows ever made, especially from an anthropological point of view, watching human beings be that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Go ahead, Rachel. I'm coughing. Cultural <coughs> differences. <coughs> fill they, in. They do matter. <laughs> Cultural differences. They do matter. <laughs> That's one of many lessons we've learned from 90 Day Fiance. Um, um, so uh, we're going to move on now. Um, and uh, 
we are going to check out some more um, quarantine messages from people. I'm seeing now that we have a voicemail from Dan Enden. Okay. Uh, who's now reaching us from all sorts of mediums, platforms, <laughs> devices. <laughs> I think uh, I think the best way to do this, that if we do do the remote pod thing, which I may cave in and finally do, even though I... Really not happy about it. I want to have Dan end in like uh, his face on an iPad, and I'll make him a little body, and I'll okay. sit it in the chair, um, and uh, <laughs> that's the end of that fantasy. <laughs> um, okay, everybody, this is Dan Endin, uh, co-host of the Movie Blues podcast. Um, this is his quarantine voicemail. Hey, hey. it's uh, currently two twenty-five in the afternoon. Um, I have not eaten anything in about 15 hours and it's been working nonstop since 7 30 in the morning and dan thinks right now is an appropriate time to request that i record him a voicemail to integrate into this week's podcast um spoiler alert it's not but here it is i'm doing it um so to the scores of loyal followers we have i hope this is making your episode a little bit brighter um I hope everyone's healthy, um, particularly mentally. I can assure you that we are not. And um, yeah, um, I hope whatever preceded this or comes after this is full of totally enlightening opinions from Rachel. And I look forward to hearing all of the 9.5s that she gives out in the meantime. Bye. Uh, it's another another heartfelt uh, and and slightly tortured message from the quarantined Dan Enden. Uh, we really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, I was just picturing, honestly, I was just picturing Daniel. You'll resonate with this. Um, the scene in The Matrix where Morpheus first calls uh, Keanu Reeves. And he's got the cell phone to his ear and he's ducking through the cubicles, talking to him on the phone, like hiding from the agents under all the cubicles. That's what I picture you doing uh, when you leave this message, even though I'm pretty sure you're just sitting at home by yourself, freaking the fuck out. So. But I picture you like in a dark room, like maybe in only underwear, like... Okay, Rich, calm down. Very depressed. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a sad thing. I thought you were going more for sexy. Uh, that was confusing. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> So we're going to play uh, one more voicemail here. Um, I believe this is Elizabeth, um, who is calling in from Morristown, New Jersey, according to my um, spy technology, a.k.a. my voicemail. Hi. Um, so this is my, my message. Uh, this is Elizabeth, by the way. Uh, I, fun fact, I called you before, and um, I was on mute because that's my life in quarantine now. I'm on a lot of messages, uh, a lot of conference calls and stuff on mute. So that's my life. Um, quarantine's been pretty sweet. Um, like most people, I've been watching Ozark. Uh, we just started watching Trem also. Um, but my one movie recommendation and something I've watched while on quarantine, it's fairly new, uh, was a movie from Amazon Prime, Prime called Blow the Man Down. Uh, it was really good. Uh, fishing Village, Maine kind of thing. Um, What's interesting is Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb seem to think they're was made in different years. So one says 2019, one says uh, 2020. Uh, there might be a conspiracy theory there. So that's all I got for you. I hope you guys are well, and I'll talk to you soon. 
Elizabeth, thank you. Those were uh, some good wrecks. I'm gonna have to look into this uh, duplicate film mystery that I, you were speaking of. I think it's funny that you were on mute on your first message. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, my phone is like reporting the voicemails a little late. So I did see somebody had called at one point and then the voicemail didn't pop up. And I thought to myself, what an ultimate nightmare it would be to actually go like have the balls to call my phone and leave like a fucking movie review on my phone right now in the middle of the day and then it didn't record i was like man that would suck so yeah elizabeth big big props to you for calling back and <laughs> repeating your message i uh, really appreciate that um and uh i know that um uh, there are definitely a few movies that have come out. I, I know I read that the title, Blow the Man Down. I just got to look into it, but that does sound good. Um, and uh, looks like I'm getting another call here, Rage. The, this is when you have to say, um, <clears throat> you have to go, the switchboards are lighting up. Go ahead, say it. The switchboards are lighting up. Oh my God, we got another caller? <laughs> That's amazing. Let's check it out. <laughs> um, Thank you, uh, everybody, for calling in. It looks like I have one message coming in here from a mystery caller. So we're going to see what that is in a moment. Um, these are all good reviews so far from people. I, I hear a lot of people saying Ozark, which was a show that Rach and I really liked the first season of. And then I think we started the second one, and it, it got a little... got a little far-fetched in the sense that, like, there are a lot of shows... Um, one that comes to mind right off the bat would be um, uh, the one with Bill Paxton where he's a polygamist. What was the name of that one, Rachel? We watched Big, Big Love. Big Love. Where like when they run out of ideas for a protagonist who's an anti-hero doing illegal crimes, they're like, okay, now he'll run for office. You know, now they'll buy a casino. That's like always the move in these shows. And I felt like when Ozark season two started, that's what they were doing. Um, you know, the main character, Jason Bateman's character, he was like trying to buy a casino and like, it's like running the same path of a lot of shows that I feel like I've seen before and kind of have the same path where it's like Breaking Bad and things were like, okay, they got in deep, they used to be a normal family yeah. and now they're da da da. And then the reviews came out for the second season, they were lukewarm, so we stopped watching it. We but did. if everybody wants to come out and say that fucking Ozark is the greatest show of all time, then I guess we're going to have to start watching it again. But we did just have this problem with Westworld. Yeah. Where everyone's like, you know, trying to get us back into Westworld season three. And uh, it's tough to do because we can't even stomach season two. And it gets to a point where, like, I think I'm at the point in my life and with the amount of shows that exist where I could outright skip an entire season of a show. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Who the fuck cares? It's like... Honestly, who cares at this point? It's like, if I start watching Westworld Season 3, and there's Maeve the robot, and there's Dolores, and there's probably 400 different versions of uh, uh, <laughs> of the black guy with the glasses. What, what's his Bernard. There's probably 20 Bernards now, God knows by, by this point. Um, there's probably 19 timelines. I'll just focus on the end point. There's fucking robots that were in Jurassic Park, but with robots. They escaped, and now they're in the real world. Mm. How hard is it? to explain that idea. You know what I mean? Like, you've never seen a show go so far to explain something so simple. It's like, in the future, they made robots to be in a theme park. Okay, well, that sounds like a pretty exhilarating story. Let's tell that story. No, we're gonna tell yeah, it like backwards, so inside like... out, in 14 different time periods. It's just like, it's a show that just thinks that it's being prolific all the time. I think Rachel and I's 
biggest problem with it is that like the struggle of the robots is only so interesting because at the end of the day i have no idea where you're they're just robots <laughs> Who cares? Like, they're just robots. We just kept saying this to each other. Oh, we were watching yeah, it. like, we were, right, we were right. Like, oh, we were so... I, I didn't know what I set you up. I'm trying to alley-oop. <laughs> that was an alley-oop in the podcast. Um, yeah, it was more like they were kind of treating it like, um, you know, nobody's fighting for the rights of the robots. And, you know, it, they were, like, treating them like they were animals or, like, humans of a different race or, like, something. It's like, they're robots. They're not real, and we don't really have to give them rights. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they don't have feelings. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our first robot racist, Rachel Lyons. <laughs> well, Dan and I like... have everything else covered, so if we now have a, a speciest against robots, that that's the triumvirate of bad opinions that we have here, so thank you. Um, I mean, ultimately, if robots were, like, going around, like, trying to kill humans and fucking shit up like shut it down shut it the fuck down <laughs> press off <laughs> like uh, i'm pretty sure emps already exist now I mean, if you have like robots that are revolting detonate an emp and they all go black i i get it i think in the show they're supposed to say like oh well they built in that they have feelings so they're feeling that they're being like shut down and killed all the time things like that but you know what you know what we could sit around and debate the ethics of whether or not robots have souls all day, I'm sure. Um, but uh, my producer would probably tell me I'd have to wrap it up. Um, so let's head back to the uh, boards now. They've been lighting up all night. Um, right now we're going to hear uh, from a very special caller um, who I believe uh, is the actor Vin Diesel from... Uh, the Fast and Furious films. Wow. Uh, Vin Diesel uh, took a moment out of his day. He called in. Here's what he had to say. This is Vin Diesel just giving you guys a call. Uh, movies, the movie Blues, the podcast we all listen to because we support family here at the Fast and the Furious family. If you're going to ask somebody what movies they're watching during all this quarantine, COVID-19 stuff, I think there's only a handful of movies that everyone should be watching. Fast and Furious 1, Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift, all the way up through Fast and the Furious 16, I got a jetpack. In honor of Brian, family, and Corona, you should be watching all the Fast and the Furious movies. We offer everything. Comedy, drama, action, excitement, Letty, the ghost of Brian, the ghost of Ludacris, and even The Rock. So thanks, folks, for your support in advance. And just remember, family is everything. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vin, uh, star of Pitch Black and uh, the Fast and Furious films, for calling in and telling us how he felt. Um, big ups to my friend Jared, who got me in contact with him. This is a pretty huge move uh, for our podcast, so thank you, Jared, for uh, getting that all settled. Um, Rach, I understand that you probably did not understand anything that was just said because you probably have not seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, but that may change because Dan and I have to watch about 11 more of them for this podcast and you, know, you can join up anytime yeah i have the time so you have the time <laughs> right rachel's off until the next uh millennium okay next up we're gonna hear from sam hutchinson um who is calling in from his daily walk hey movie blues podcast this is sam hutchinson calling on walk number 54 day 27 of quarantine uh, one way that I've been getting through um, this imprisonment is with U-Torrent in the Pirate Bay. Uh, and last night's feature was a new flick by Ben Affleck, or Affleck 
um, called The Way Back. Loved it. I cried. I laughed. Every element that you want. Um, and one way that I thought about it was it's kind of Ben's response to his younger brother Casey's movie Manchester by the Sea, but with that classic Ben Affleck um, athletic twist. It really felt very similar to Manchester by the Sea. Um, same sort of drama, uh, same sort of culminating conversation between the main character and his ex-wife. Um, very emotional. Definitely hits most heartstrings, and I'd highly recommend it. I'd give it an 8.2 out of 10. The ending felt a little sudden, um, but overall, a great movie. Um, we're lucky enough to be able to rent it um, or stream it, what have you. So I'd certainly recommend it. Uh, definitely rewatchable. I'll give it another watch in a couple weeks once I hit another movie hole or show hole. Uh, so there you go. Thanks. Bye. Sam, dude. Thanks for letting us know uh, what you're watching. Um, I I like that you use uh, Pirate Bay um, and uTorrent. I also use those things, but I I don't use Pirate Bay. I use a private tracker uh, that I got an invite to. Uh, The last time I used Pirate Bay at Rachel's parents' house, uh, I actually got sent a letter by the RIAA, uh, the company that sues you if you steal movies, uh, for downloading a Hunger Games movie, which we did not even watch and sucked. Um, so thanks for uh, filling us in, bud, and good luck out there. Don't uh, don't get flagged by the FBI. Um, yeah, uh, so we're going to just uh, play one more voicemail here on the pod. Uh, this is from uh, Luke B. Mann, shout out from... Um, was special and the dead last podcast which is one of the podcasts that kind of inspired me to do this here so uh let's hear from him and see what he's been up to on his quarantine yo ds lines the movie blues podcast this is luke luke beeman from dead last podcast and also from the internet um calling to let you know what i've been watching mostly just watching um my bank account diminished to nothing. Um, but I've been watching something that's also very entertaining that I want to recommend to any horror movie channels out there. It's a show on Amazon Prime. It's called Hellier. H-E-L-L-I-E-R. Just as hardcore as it sounds. It's a documentary. I don't know if it's real or not, and I'm not going to look it up because it's super fucking entertaining. I've watched three episodes. It's about a paranormal investigator and his merry band of weirdos. And they go to this town, Bucky, and they're investigating a case they were hit up about, about a guy talking about little hairless gremlin beings that are scaring his family. And so it's basically about Kentucky gremlins. And this emails just kind of, you know, he's asking for help from paranormal investigator. And then they get stuck. And then they on the side again and his house is empty and all this shit and that basically is just the first episode so yeah, I'm like three episodes in it's super weird and super entertaining and um, I'm fucking watch time um, and for anybody else out here doesn't want to fucking watch that I feel like hell here could be complicated but I don't want it to you know I want to keep this um, private just keep this on your podcast don't let anybody else know about this show hell here Okay. Thanks, buddy. Look forward to hearing the app. Peace. Well, I think he was uh, kind of breaking up at the end there, but uh, Luke, my dude, thanks for that recommendation, man. And uh, what what he was saying at the end there was that he doesn't want this getting out. 
uh, and becoming the next Tiger King. So if you like this show, Hellier, uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, but if you like the sound of this show, um, please don't tell anyone. Um, I really don't want this to become a thing either. Um, I don't like being part of things that are things. And I know Luke feels the same way. So thanks for the wreck there, Luke. Okay, so uh, we are going to end our Voices from the Quarantine Zone segment there. Um, it was good to hear from everybody. Maybe we'll do this again. It was pretty fun. That was fun. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Thank you for calling in and making us feel a little less lonely on this uh, quarantined day. Um, now we are going to move on to sort of a lightning round. Uh, it's called, What Does Rachel Remember That She Watched? Um <laughs> Uh, Rachel and I watched a shit ton of things over the past two weeks. Um, they've all been 9.5s. Um, and, um... Well, you uh, show me only the best. That's, that's true. That's true. As we'll, well, as people will find out, that is not true so much over the last two weeks, but usually that's very true. Um, we have watched a whole range of things, TV and movies and otherwise. Um, and, uh, we're going to see... Um, what Rachel thought of these things. This is her show. These are her uh, opinions, her super hot takes. Um, you never know what she's going to lay down here. You never know what she's going to remember. Never know. I'm positive she's not going to remember the first thing on the list. Well, I'll just say that... Go ahead. Well, actually, can I say what series? Please say whatever you want. This All is right. your show. Well, we watched a bunch of X-Men movies. Okay, now you've gone too far. There is an order to these things. I was just going to say that, like... Okay. During one of them, yeah. I like was mistaking facts that were from like what three movies yeah. previous. Yeah, we're like, gonna get there. We're gonna see what you do and don't remember about okay. the X Men series, uh, which is going to be kind I'm of just the saying, I already had forgotten what was going on while watching. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so how have the days um, helped her out since then? I mean, you did not smoke pot at least one day in the past three or four days. Maybe that repaired some part of your brain. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, so the first movie we watched, uh, which I thought was fantastic, was Color Out of Space. Rach, your take? I thought that was like uh, 6.8. This is a 6.8 from Rach. <laughs> You know it's bad when she's giving out the 6.8s. No, no, I, I'm just trying to be more realistic. Color Out of Space well. is a brand new movie starring Nicolas Cage. It is directed uh, by Richard Stanley, who's one of the most infamous directors of all time. He's the director of um, Doctor, The Island of Dr. Moreau, uh, which, if anybody knows, there's a whole documentary about his experience making that movie where the movie studio had ended up firing him, and he lived in the woods outside of the production like in a treehouse. It was insanity. So if you haven't seen that documentary, see that. If you haven't seen Color Out of Space, I highly recommend it, uh, especially if you like Lovecraft horror. This is based on a Lovecraft novel and was just fantastic and disgusting and awesome. And It was really good. I'm, I'm going to make it a 7.4. And two people got fused together in it, and it was maybe it just... the most disgusting thing I've ever seen uh, in a movie, so I felt really good about that. You really um, spoiled that. I spoiled it a little bit, but it doesn't... I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say how. Can I just say my ratings are based on the fact that, like, Star Wars and stuff is, like, between 8, 9, and 10. So, like, do I think these movies are as good as Star Wars? No. So, so just so everybody knows, Rachel's review scale is now, is it better... Is it at least as good as Star Wars? And by Star Wars, I just mean, like, any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, as a franchise. So is it as good as Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones? We will find out. 
Um, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. No, I, it was it was really good. It was, like like Dan said, it had a lot of really cool colors and some cool alien stuff and fusing of humans. It was a good one. Speaking of good ones, we chased this one up with a equally bizarre movie um, that again I really enjoyed. That movie was called Come to Daddy, uh, starring Elijah Wood. Um, yeah. And, uh, wow, what a doozy this movie was. Really starts in one place, really ends in another. Um, uh, had a great tonal shift, and just, like, a good twist that I did see coming from, like, the first five minutes of the movie, but also still really enjoyed it when it happened. Um, and they did a great job of uh, really not spoiling anything in the previews. They totally yes, did not yes. tell you at all what was going to happen in the story. Um, very few films uh, can hold off the amount of information that this movie held off in its trailer, which is just incredible it's so rare um, i love when movies do that and beyond that the trailer also made it seem like they were giving you a lot yeah you know mm -hmm. what i mean like if i can't spoil it but but in so much as um they they really in the trailer made it seem like a whole movie plays out in mm -hmm. one direction and it pivots very early on 20 minutes in pivots and becomes a totally different thing um this is the same company that made um uh, color Out of Space. It's Elijah Wood's oh, really? movie company. They also, I think, produced this movie that I want to watch. I have on my hard drive right now called Guns Kimbo, starring the, the Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter as a guy who wakes up with guns fused to his hands and has to go around like being an action hero. Um, uh, Elijah Wood is like having this career renaissance where he, him and Daniel Radcliffe are really like the same person, where they're just like two short elf-looking people who make just the weirdest fucking things and do whatever the fuck they want because they already were in the biggest movies of all time and they know that they can't top that and that that to me is refreshing that you have actors that know that they were in something huge and don't try to just keep topping it because sometimes that just falls apart like sometimes people from star wars or game of thrones they get really famous and they're like oh let's go make like an x-men movie or let's go make something really huge and then i'm gonna get even more famous and i think it almost always backfires i mean john snow made a handful of movies right after he got famous from game of thrones and they were all terrible um so i think uh elijah wood and daniel radcliffe are both getting it right where they're just like we did it we already have all the money i mean remember that show that elijah wood had that we loved where he dresses a dog Yes. That um, was amazing. That was a great show. He didn't dress as a dog. Wait, no, yeah, his, he had He had a figment of his, of his imagination. Yeah. Who was, was a man called? in a dog suit. Was it Charlie or... It's like a one know, name it, thing. It, it didn't finish, right? It just got canceled? I don't know. But, um, anyway. But, no, it did finish. We watched oh. it. It was, like, pretty wild. Um, it but it really was really good. good. Uh, shout out to whoever's, like, yelling the title of this at their car stereo right now. Uh, we don't remember it. <laughs> Um, the next movie we saw, and I hate to be redundant, I also loved, and I just am on a streak, but I love this one more than any of them. I think this one is a legitimate masterpiece, and it was just 10 out of 10. Uncut Gems. Um, oh my god, so good. Dan and I were going to do an episode about this. He watched it and like didn't really love it. He thought it was like just okay. I'm not going to like present his opinions here without him being able to back himself up because I he had some reasons. I just don't agree with him. It's It was a masterpiece. Um, I didn't want to think it was because I think Adam Sandler's already produced a few masterpiece level movies that aren't comedies that are just fantastic. Punch Drunk Love being 
one of the greatest romantic movies ever made. Um, and he's very pathetic in that. You need and to he, rewatch that because I hated that movie. And he's very pathetic in this. That's one of my top ten. I know. We always talk about it's so this. good. You haven't rewatched that movie? I don't know. I've seen it like a couple of times. Um, but not Punch Drunk Love is just if you if you're somehow listening to a movie podcast and you have not seen Punch Drunk Love, like throw down everything you have, grab it and watch it. Especially with your girlfriend. It's a beautiful movie. Um, I guess we'll have to watch that again. It's one of my favorites of all time. It's just beautiful. Like, it makes me cry to watch that movie. Like, sad, sad tears, happy tears, everything. It's incredible. Okay. Um, so, uh... the pudding? Yes. Okay. The pudding rebates. Yeah. When did you... Who, who... What was the situation in which you watched it? I don't know. You hated it, huh? Yeah. Did you finish it? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Well, Rach is not a fan of, uh... That's a 9.4 for Punch <laughs> Drunk Love. <laughs> um, Uncut Gems I thought was fantastic. I uh, just didn't expect to like it as much as I did because every time there's like, oh, this person knocked it out of the park. Uh, it's just like, eh, I don't know if that's going to be true. And I set expectations for it, but I loved it. I love the end of it a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil it at all, but the end of it will stick with me for a very long time. Reminded me the end of Reminded me of the end of a few other movies, but it was just a very tense movie. I felt so extreme stressful. tension from watching somebody fuck their life up that badly. It was great. Um, just a masterpiece movie. Just a great... His performance, too, was like... It was just like a heart attack being portrayed at all, at all times. Yeah, like, I mean, he, he didn't overdo it um, or underdo it. I thought he was going to be more of a character. He was very himself at times in, in the movie i thought he was going to be more like annoying adam sandler where he's like this overdrawn cartoon i didn't think he was that cartoonish in this i know that a lot of people said he was very cartoonish i think he was pretty cartoonish yeah, but, but in a very dark way it yeah but that's like why i appreciate it because he's cartoonish all the time in everything that he does and that kind of adam sandler cartoonishness i don't think was in this this was a different kind of energy um this was like much more bde from him than i've ever seen so i'm did like it a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's something I'd want to rewatch a thousand times, but I, I did really enjoy it. Um, and that was really it for movies uh, that we watched because then things spun off the motherfucking rails in the <laughs> lion's house because for a while we've been trying to locate new movie franchises to watch. We've pretty much done them all to death at this point. Um, well, I've done them all to death. Rachel's done them all once, probably. Um, we were at the point last year where we were trying to watch the Hobbit trilogy that we didn't even finish. Like, we're out of IP here, folks, in terms of big, humongous franchises. Um, uh, I was at the point where it's like, where are we going to watch Underworld next? Like, are we going to watch, um, like the Pitch Black trilogy? I just, like, I was just like, I'm digging at the bottom of the barrel. I know that Rachel hadn't seen any of, uh, the Star Trek movies. So it started with oh, us right. watching, um, well, I, I actually like, as always kind of happens, uh, when I turn something on, when Rachel's not around, she like is more interested it's like if i have like a, a movie that's won 19 academy awards we sit down we're watching it and rachel's like staring at her phone for the first 15 minutes i'm like hitting her i'm like pay attention pay attention pay attention but then we i put on something that she's not supposed to watch at all <laughs> that she's like i'm gonna go for a run i'm like okay great i'm gonna watch star trek the next generation movie number one 
So then that run doesn't happen. A lot of sitting happens. <laughs> she starts like absorbing it peripherally, and then it just happens. And then she's just watching it. And then it's just it's happening. So we just started watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, the first movie was Generations, um, and uh, we watched all of the Next Generation Star Trek movies, um, of which there are four. And uh, Rach, what did you think about the Star Trek Next Generation movies, ha- having seen them for the first time? I thought they were excellent. Yeah, I'm having a little trouble remembering them That's after fine. our next series that we right, delve right. into. Fair but, enough. Um, well, there's generations that had Captain Kirk and Considering Picard. it was the same actor, right? Yes, yes. Patrick Stewart so, is the through line of our quarantine thus far. Yes. For sure. Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. Um, <laughs> so we started there. Uh, we watched those four movies. Yeah, I don't know. Would you have had a favorite from there? I mean, my favorite from there is the one with the Borg. Do you remember the Borg? Yes. From First Contact? Yes. Which are the robot people that assimilate people and they say resistances. Come on, what's resistance? You lost me. It's futile. Okay. That's what they always think they say. Resistance is futile. Oh, okay. Never would have got that. Never would have happened. Sorry. Um, So many movies ago. That was my favorite one. Um... Uh, on rewatch, I enjoyed all of them. I thought they were still pretty good, and especially compared to Picard, which I just finished, uh, they're pretty much the Mona Lisa. They're a work of fucking art because that Wait, show the- was the worst fucking show I've had to endure in a long time. I'm really hurt about it on the inside. I'm hurt. I'm hurt bad, guys. I'm hurt really bad from Star Trek Picard. I don't know if I'm going to bounce back. I don't know if I'm ever going to enjoy anything related to Star Trek again. I'm done. Between this and Discovery, I'm fucking done. I'm done. The last movie we watched was about, like, the planet with the people who were, like, 300 years old but looks beautiful, right? That was the and, second to last movie we watched. Bit close. Uh, okay. But it, whatever. Yes, that was Insurrection. Then, yeah. And there were, like, um, bad people who were trying to, like, take the energy from the planet and, like, yes. kick them off of it. This was another one where we were, like, kind of siding with, like, the enemy. Right here, I, I just grabbed from my bookshelf a book that when I was a kid... I bought this book before the movie came out, had everything explained, breakdowns of all the ships and pictures of all the creatures. And no, I really like that one. Insurrection uh, is a pretty maligned movie, but held up pretty well this time around. And I'm a Star Trek nerd, and I'm, my feelings are really hurt right now, but thank you was, for- Well, wait, I was in the middle of saying yeah, something. Yeah. Well, just that we were deciding, is it like worth, like, is it okay to move 600 people from a planet to another planet? Was that the number, 600? Right. Um, the plot of Star Trek Insurrection is that um, to uh, mine a planet for what it may be the most important resource ever found in the, in the universe that can make you younger and cure any disease, uh, the Federation would have to relocate 600 people that live in a village who were not born indigenously to this planet. They, they move there from another planet as well. And the question, the whole crux of the insurrection in the title of the movie is that, okay, Picard and his crew find it not cool that they're going to do that, so they side with the people to fight against the Federation. But Rachel and I, once again, like with many movies and many things that we watch, I'm going to call this the Rachel paradigm, where you watch something and you're like, I don't agree with the central conceit of the movie. 
uh, like one of the ones that you opened my eyes up to uh, when we first started dating is we watched uh, Star Wars. And the first time we watched Star Wars, the original trilogy, Han Solo and Leia, I mean, that's like one of the greatest love stories of any generation. And you watched it and you were like literally creeped out by Han Solo to the, to, to the millionth degree. You're like, he's like a creepy rapist. And but I was that's like, like oh. but that's all movies have aged in that sense right. that like this is any the movie that was like from 2006 and before was like, you're going to find the men creepy. Right. Which like, now we have a new one, which is X-Men with Gene. With <laughs> oh, Jean don't and, get me started. <laughs> with, we're going to hear some hot takes about okay. uh, Rachel's opinions on X-Men. But yeah, uh, I guess the, the, so the question was in this movie, is it okay to move 600 people to another planet to like use its resources for the good of the galaxy? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Rach says, kind of. And then we were like, what's the number where it wouldn't be okay? Like, a thousand right i don't yeah, know maybe yeah, still I mean, kind of more than 600 <laughs> i guess is our answer to that question um anyway anyway um so uh as we were watching all these movies with patrick stewart in the most classic sense one thing led to another you know what i mean and then we slammed straight into x-men town because <laughs> rich had only seen i believe just deadpool Yes. And understood probably one third of the jokes in <laughs> probably, it. Probably. Probably didn't like, know what hey. I was watching. I remember when we saw it, You, there were a few times that you're like, what is this? And I, like when we were, while we were watching it, you're like, what is, the, what's the joke? And I was like, X-Men. It's yeah, just, yeah. You don't know. Um, but now you do know a lot about the X-Men. I would assume that that's pretty ingrained in your memory I, at this I point. I should know everything, right? You I just should, watched all of them, You should right? technically. All right, so... Um, we watched every single X-Men movie. I'm not just talking about the canonical ones. I mean, like, we watched The Wolverine. We watched Logan. Um, we did not watch X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, it's we just watched so, a recap video. We watched a recap video of it in which Rachel was like, this looks like the best one yet. <laughs> like, why the fuck are we not watching this? Which I can understand, like, uh, if you don't hear the dialogue or watch the actual movie, you crammed it into, like, a music video length. I'm sure it, it looks pretty cool, but that's like, it's so, it's just so bad. I mean, it's just so fucking bad. Um, so we skipped that one, and we uh, concluded with Logan, even though that wasn't the most recent one made. We finished uh, the canonically numbered ones with Dark Phoenix, and then went to Logan. Um, and Rach, what is your overall rating of the entire, uh, because I don't think we can do movie by movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to remember. You got to wrap it up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Coming in at one hour, the first. Wrap it up from my producer. Why? What do you got to do today, Rich? You gotta leave the fans wanting more. You gotta leave the fans wanting more. Also, it's really nice out. It's really nice out. We're feeling that outside guilt right now. Um, um, well, we have to talk about X-Men more. Yeah, yeah. So, overall, I give it an 8 out of 10. Overall, Rach gives X-Men an 8 out of 10. That's like a pretty... Uh, it's pretty agreeable. It's, I don't think that's like too far off the mark. Um, they were all very enjoyable. Right. Um, there were some plot holes in terms of the timeline that yeah. I had many questions about to Dan yes. annoyingly during we're, the film. We've gone over that. Okay. Um, all right. So. Uh, but but yeah uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, my biggest problem was Wolverine's obsession with Jean. Um, he didn't have any sort of relationship with her at any point. Um, Jean was in a full-on committed relationship with Scott. Scott. With yep. Scott. Scott. Especially Scott in the flashback episodes. They've known each other since they were teens. He's 
not a scumbag boyfriend. He Scott was a very nice boyfriend. Yeah. He's yeah. hot, he's a good person, and he's a sweet boyfriend. So why the fuck does she wanna <laughs> like kiss Wolverine? I don't know. <laughs> And also, why is Wolverine obsessed with her? He has never had sex with her. He kissed her right. one time. I don't and even, she's the love of his life. First of all, he didn't even kiss her one time. Oh, yeah, he kissed Phoenix. He kissed Phoenix, which that really doesn't count, I don't think. Well, there was they did kiss two times. Okay. The first time was some kind of something right before she died. I don't remember there being two times, but okay. The, in, the, in the previous movie, in the movie where she held, holds the waterfall and okay. then gets stuck in the waterfall. Um, then the next one is Phoenix. So, like, Wolverine's been alive for, what, 300 years? And he's just in love with this woman who he's, like, kissed one time and had a boyfriend? <laughs> it's pretty gross and pathetic and doesn't really make sense as a character's arc that goes through 13 movies that his, he is obsessed with Jean Grey. It makes no sense. It's really hard to be obsessed with somebody that you've never even slept with. You know what I mean? Like, it's not healthy. Let's say that. Didn't spend a lot of time with her either. No. Spent, I mean, the two hours that we watched of X-Men 1 was, like, pretty much the, the length of time they spent together. And um, then everything from then on was just Jean. Jean, Jean, Jean. Jean. <laughs> Um, what would you say your favorite Phoenix, uh, was? Uh, Game of Thrones, Sansa's Phoenix story arc, or, uh, original OG Jean Grey Phoenix story arc from X-Men 3, The Last Stand? I mean, they were the same. They just did it two different times, two different timelines, exact same arc. I'm gonna have to agree with you. This is one of the hugest contention points for all of the X-Men movies, is that number three fucked it up so badly and the phoenix story was butchered so badly because they didn't do it in space and it wasn't right and then they did it again and when they did it again they fucked it up just as badly and they forgot a ton of the details that make phoenix an actually interesting character in the comics so it's like they did certain things right the second time they didn't do the first time i, I prefer the, the, the actress from the first oh. i prefer Funka jensen over sansa i think sansa's american accent her hair and just her the whole look and vibe is terrible. Um, I think she just sucks at acting. I think she's just terrible. I, mean, she, I think she's great in Game of Thrones, but I don't think she's cut out to be uh, an American accent lead of an action movie. It just fucking sucked. I, I did like the story better with her her story of Jean. They like, did the do space the story thing was better. Cool. I mean, I'll agree the with other that. one was like she just like got hit was in a like lake, stuck in a lake for a year. <laughs> Just like shivering under the water, like waiting yeah, to come out. That is what happened. That is okay. exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I don't think that Jean was a great actress either. No, it's not like she... Especially as Phoenix. That was like her worst part of all three of them. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I'm letting my personal feelings get in the way because I like that actress from a bunch of other things um, from okay. the 90s. It's so... It's clouding my thought process about it. And, and I just think Sansa's a terrible actress. So yeah. that's like the other problem. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, X-Men The Last Stand ruined the X-Men the first time, the Green Jean Grey thing. And then Dark Phoenix, the movie that we just watched, was panned. It had like a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Made zero dollars. And like trashed a lot of people's careers involved and was considered one of the worst X-Men movies ever made. Oh, but I now after rewatching it, uh, in context with all 13, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I don't think that X-Men The Last Stand is very is that bad, which is the third one that everybody thought was literally the worst movie ever made when it came out. I don't think that Dark Phoenix is that much worse than Apocalypse or Days of Future Past before it. On this watch, I thought that Days of Future Past was not as good 
as I remembered it being. It was just kind of uh, a little too many plot holes, logic holes, time travel nonsense. It just like was dumb. And, and Rachel called out one of the most obvious things, which is just like the technology that they created the Sentinel, Sentinels with in the 70s just doesn't look right. It's too anachronistic. It looks like it's from two, the year 2003. It's like doesn't just it i don't know it wasn't the best uh, entry but um yeah this time around was interesting i've never watched all the x-men movies in a row or to any degree <laughs> like we had watched them so it was it was less flawed than i remembered it being and i think the biggest standout for me personally was the first movie i thought the first movie was m just kind of like the sam raimi spider-man movies that we watched recently like a year or two ago the first movie was really good I really liked X-Men 1 when we watched it. I liked X-Men 1 far more than 2 this time. I thought 2 was actually pretty bad. Oh, 2 wow. may have been my least favorite one from any of them that we've just rewatched. It was the one where he goes to Alkali Lake to you know find out his past, my past. And uh, Stryker is the bad guy, the old man. It's just like, mm. it's very unmemorable. It's the chick with the long nails is in it. Uh, whatever. Uh, so yeah, this time around, certain things clicked, others did not. Um, I just want to end uh, this discussion of X-Men by reading to you just a couple fun X-Men facts about the first X-Men movie that are interesting. Um, so uh, neither Patrick Stewart or C Sir Ian McKellen, Magneto and Charles Xavier, um, knew how to play chess during filming. A chess master mm. came in to teach them. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, to celebrate her last day on set, Rebecca Romaine Stamos brought in a bottle of tequila, which she gave to her fellow, fellow cast and crew during a break in filming. Unfortunately, that day she happened to be filming the Wolverine and Mystique fight scene. She's Mystique. Yeah. Um, and she threw up blue-colored vomit from the chemicals in her makeup all over Hugh Jackman. Oh my god! Rebecca Romaine Stamos's makeup as Mystique consisted of 110 custom-designed prostheses, which covered 60% of her body and took nine hours to apply every time. Are you fucking kidding she me? She could not drink wine, use skin cream, or fly the day before any of her filming scenes because it would have caused her body chemistry to change slightly, causing the prosthetics to fall off. Oh my god. Was that the same for um, Jennifer no. Lawrence? I'm sure they yeah. refined the technology. So, and again, Jennifer Lawrence was herself in 60% of her movies. She wasn't blue for more than... Can you imagine getting done up for <coughs> nine that's, hours that, and then having That's what these movies, that's yeah, what they do. that's crazy. In order to keep her look a secret, Rebecca Romaine Stamos had to sit in an isolated, windowless room where, when not required for shooting. Quote, I had almost no contact with the rest of the cast. It was like I was making a different movie from everyone else, and it was hell. Fuck. <laughs> in an interview with wow. MTV News' Josh Horowitz, who does a great podcast called Happy Sad Confused that I listen to, everybody should check out, Hugh Jackman admits that when he initially took on the role as Wolverine, he studied wolves to develop his character, since he thought that Wolverine must allude to wolves. Uh, director Brian Singer later explained to him that a wolverine is a different kind of animal. It is a large species of badger and is found in northern Europe and some parts of North America. What? <laughs> you didn't know what? Did you know what a wolverine was? No, I, I yeah, thought about animal. it throughout the movie. I was no, like, it's an that's animal. obviously different. Yeah, I know, but like, I, but I still think of his character as a wolf. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you and him would have done the same uh, research there. Um, uh, the contact lenses that many of the characters had to wear were uncomfortable and dangerous to wear. Rebecca Romaine Stamos, as Mystique, said she could only wear her lenses for one hour at a time and only had 10% of her vision every time they were in. Oh my god, how did she do it? 
don't know. It sounds so horrible. How do horrible. these people do all this stuff? All right, now this is playing into something that we needed kind of solved in terms of us observing this movie and some of the things with Halle Berry that were confusing us. But this is the only movie where Storm has a Kenyan accent. Right? I thought it was Jamaican. Um, indicating her nationality from the comics. For all the other installments, Halle Berry used her own American accent. So yeah, in the first one, I it seemed like she was doing a Jamaican accent. She was like, I'm Storm Man! But I guess that was Kenyan? I don't okay, know. Okay, and then she got American, and then... Uh, and then she got American. Yeah, <laughs> she just became American. Um, uh, and... Uh, here's some more interesting stuff uh the director is a huge fan of various star trek movies and television tv shows sir patrick stewart was his only choice for the role of professor x though other uh bankable actors were lobbied for the role singer always felt stewart who had been the longtime favorite could play the part mm. so yeah his connection yeah. was right from that um uh, da, 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 da. uh this is interesting about the first movie wolverine does not kill anyone in x-men one no one. Really? Which is incredible because Logan, the last movie we watched, was an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. And, and pretty much all other movies with Wolverine are an absolute bloodbath. But interestingly enough, in the first movie, he does not kill a single person. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, those are some interesting X-Men facts. Um, and uh, before we wrap it up, um, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Um, okay. And, <laughs> and I got to say, people... Uh, I know my wife pretty well at this point. I know what she connects with. I know what she doesn't connect with. I uh, showed her 12 X-Men movies. Her interest level was like just above looking at the cell phone. I mean, like she liked it, but but you know when when Rachel's connecting with something. You know when Rachel is moved by something. Uh, we watched one movie where Rachel's brought to tears only once throughout this entire break. I uh, couldn't... <laughs> couldn't believe it actually uh once again it was not a movie i wanted to show rachel um it was not one of these things i curated for her and thought that she would love and brought to her attention um it, there's a lion's family tradition um for when i cook meals where i have a tape uh player a tv vcr combo that rachel graciously got me for my birthday one year and it's one of my favorite things that i own um and when i cook i like to throw a tape on I don't pay attention to it. I just kind of listen to it in the background. I let it play. So this time around, I grabbed Air Force One, uh, starring Harrison Ford, uh, 90s masterpiece, <laughs> and threw it on. And lo and behold, who who drags a fucking chair into the kitchen <laughs> to sit next to me while I'm cooking? Never seen her do this before. Never seen her get that close to the tape machine. I've even been like, Rachel, like, you have to see this tape, watch this tape, blah, blah, blah glued to fucking Air Force One. So today I want to lead off, uh, I want to finish off with Rachel's 10 out of 10 review of 1996's Air Force One. Rach? Um, thanks for that. Um, I was pretty captivated. Um, it was a thriller for sure. And um, when, not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, it literally, I am literally spoil it. everyone has seen Air Force One. <laughs> Never even heard you are, of it before. You are statistically the last person who has ever seen Air Force One. Um, when uh, when the president saved the day at the, at the end of the movie, I I cried a little bit. She did. And um, I just think it by was way, just such a noble way, president. And the I night wish before I had a we watched Logan, maybe the saddest movie in the history of movies. <laughs> Not a not a tear in the house, not a wink, but the end of Air Force One, 
when Harrison Ford has already killed the bad guys, successfully landing the plane, I'm I assuming he was like, cried. like when his, when his uh, colleague like does the salute and is like, you did great, sir. And then, <laughs> and then Harrison looks just so proud of himself and he salutes back. You just never just know, like, guys. He just put everyone before himself. He was just a really stand-up guy, and I just haven't seen a president like that in a long time. I just want to read you two things real quick, okay? President Bill Clinton, who was the U.S. president at the time of the film's release, loved and enjoyed the film so much that he actually saw it twice while in office and praised it, giving it good reviews. He pointed out, however, that the real Air Force One did not have a parachute ramp or escape pods like the aircraft in the movie. In response... Director Wolfgang Peterson predicted that, oh, said that he had predicted that in future models of Air Force One, uh, a design would be incorporated with such security features. To this day in 2020, no design exists. So are you saying that the president told the world that he does not have escape pods and <laughs> <laughs> a way to escape Air Force One? I love it. That's your takeaway, dude. Um, what is he, crazy? Since the release of this film, it has been a source of humor for entertainment magazines, websites, commemorators, etc. to conduct public polls during real presidential elections to vote on which fictional movie president Americans would like to see in office. Oh, I know who I'd be voting for. Harrison Ford as President James Marshall has won every single election <laughs> since 1998. Wow. Um, except uh, Bill Pullman as President Thomas Whitmore from uh, Independence Day, but... Oh, no, no. This says President Widmore uh, comes in, commonly finishes in second place. Wow. Um, and a final uh, blurb about um, Air Force One. In December 2015, Donald Trump revealed his admiration for, quote, Harrison Ford on the plane. He stood up for America. Donald was so inspired by Ford's performance in the film that he took it too seriously. When Ford was told during a television interview of Trump's compliment, he turned to the camera and said, Donald, it's just a movie. Things like this don't happen in real life. <laughs> I mean, you could be presidential like that. You could take that and go a long way with it. Um, so that's your piece of presidential advice for the day, everybody. Um, yeah, we said that Trump would for sure have been on that. That escape pod without yeah. his yeah. family. Yeah, Rich, Rich said, <laughs> said peace. Rich would have been like peace. <laughs> Me? No, I mean you were saying that Donald Trump would have like literally got on the pod and, and been gone like first. Like pushed people. To get yeah, on the pod. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so is there anything else that you? I know you want to wrap it up. Okay, but is there anything else that you want to mention to any of your listeners, any of your fans out there craving more Rachel content? Just been really enjoying my quarantine with my my loving husband. He's mm. really funny and entertaining to be around, oh, and I'm just stop. one lucky lady. Well, thank you so much for your glowing endorsement of me. Um, <laughs> please like and subscribe, share this podcast every once in a while. It won't kill you. And um, I think that's going to be it for the day. Rach, you want to take us out? I probably said enough embarrassing things this afternoon. <laughs> Including singing Five Little Monkeys. All right. Everyone have a great day. What are you talking about? We cut that out. Yeah, nothing. Don't worry about it, everyone. All right, people. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, check back in soon. Dan and I are going to try to do the mobile thing uh, for cats. I don't know what's going to come of it. I don't know if Dan will even really be alive by the time we want to do this. So, uh, take care of yourself, Dan. Take care of yourself, Dan. We'll see you guys later.